I'm Jackie Mangavin, and this is Love Life with Jax, a podcast about living a wholehearted life, about freeing your naked soul and connecting to the world in love. You can stay tuned by subscribing on JackieMangavin.com, on iTunes with Apple Podcasts, or on the Podbean app. Coming up, we have episode five, where we learn to say yes to love. Welcome to episode 5, where we're learning to say yes to love. This podcast is born out of moments that I've had with God, where He's shared wisdom with me that I'd love to share with you. It's about the journey that He's taken me on of stripping off the suffocating layers of self-preservation and learning to live exquisitely, nakedly alive to life and learning to love wholeheartedly without reservation. This is a journey that I have been on and am still on, to be honest, and it's quite an interesting thing to try to connect with you over a podcast where I'm really wanting to bring my full self to the conversation, be able to connect with you because we're going on a journey of allowing ourselves to be seen and known and to truly be able to love and connect with each other, to receive the love of God and to pass it on to others. And so that's what we're going to be speaking about and that's what we're trying to do here. Every relationship, every love Love relationship has a love story, a story of how the love began, how it went through the stages of increasing intimacy, and how it continues to grow. As the saying goes, every love story is beautiful, but ours is my favorite. It's an interesting statement because I think if we really, we know our own love stories, and so I'm not sure if they always are our favorites. It's sometimes easier to listen to somebody else's love story and to think that that is ideal. And yet our own love stories, we know that there have been moments of imperfection, moments of hurt, and ebbs and flows to the journey, and ebbs and flows to the adventure where we've pushed in and pulled back, etc., etc. My story with Richard was really quite a funny one, and it started in a funny way. Richard and I were in church together and at university together, and he had invited a group of us who were going out for dinner, and everybody slowly pulled out because it was exam times. And then Richard said to me, well, everybody else has pulled out, but shall we go anywhere. And I said to him, if not, why not? I thought that was quite a casual acceptance, a casual date. I never knew that it was as serious as he felt it was. And so it actually slipped out of my mind, believe it or not. And I spent the whole day that I was supposed to be getting ready for this date with Richard, my first date with the man I was going to marry. Instead, I was studying and spending my time with some of the guys in engineering. And I had gone off in the afternoon and we'd shop for scientific calculators for our exams. And I was sitting in the car park with my buddy in the car and we were chatting about the calculators and how we were going to work them when I saw Richard coming out of my res and only in that moment out of my residence where I was staying at university only in that moment did I remember that I was supposed to be going on a date with him and I turned to my friend next to me and I said oh my goodness I think I'm supposed to be on a date with that guy and I watched him walking off into the next door res where his sister was and I then went into my reception and I saw that I had countless messages from him all day he'd been phoning and sending all sorts of messages my little pigeonhole was full of little pieces of paper from the reception 
from the receptionist and she said to me, oh, this guy has been standing here waiting for you for an hour. <laughs> so I went running out into his sister's res to see if I could find him, but he wasn't there anymore. He'd gone back to try one last time to see if I was there. And so I came sprinting into my res to see if I could catch him. At the same time, he'd given up and was walking out the door. And so we ended up banging right into each other as I ran into him and he looked at me and he could see I was, I had been studying all day. I was wearing old messy clothes and I was obviously not ready for a date. Whereas he was dressed up to the nines, looking awesome and smelling gorgeous. (laughs) And he very graciously looked at me and said, is today not a good day? (laughs) And so I said to him, obviously I felt so bad. And I said, no, 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 today is a wonderful day. I'd love to go out with you. Um, realizing I had no money in my pockets or in my wallet and I was obviously not dressed appropriately but I'd already kept him waiting for an hour so I said to him just give me 10 minutes and I ran upstairs grabbed my friends and helped me I jumped into the shower she chose me an outfit quickly shaved my legs washed my hair got dressed looked absolutely gorgeous. I was dressed in something that I would never go out in again, (laughs) far too sexy, and uh, came downstairs in nine minutes. Well, that sealed the deal for him. He now knew that I could get dressed up in nine minutes, so he'd already decided he was going to marry me. (laughs) And we went on a beautiful date, and he knew that he wanted to impress me. And so he took me to a fancy seafood restaurant. He knew that I was from KZN South Coast, and that I loved seafood, and he spoiled me to an incredible dinner, which by the end of it, he realized that he actually couldn't afford (laughs) the whole dinner. And so he went off and hid in the bathroom with a big cell phone that he had in those days, a Nokia brick. I really am making us sound quite old, (laughs) but he had this big Nokia brick cell phone and he phoned his dad and he said, dad, when you sent me off to Varsity, you sent me with a credit card that I was only allowed to use in the case of extreme emergencies. He says, I've never used it in three years, Dad, but I'm standing here now and I'm telling you that in this restaurant, I'm hiding in the bathroom and in the restaurant is the girl I'm going to marry. Does this count as an emergency? Can I use the credit card? (laughs) Which his dad agreed to. And as they say, the rest is history. (laughs) Love is a dynamic thing. It either grows or it dies. It's either growing, multiplying, renewing because it's alive, or it's shrinking back and diminishing and fading away. It's the reason why we don't want to start love too early in life. We want to uh, fall in love when we're ready for it to progress, when we're ready for it to grow. And throughout our lives, in any relationship, we want it to be continuing to grow in intimacy. We want to continue to know each other and to love each other in greater measure as our relationship carries on. It's an adventure, love, an adventure of trust and intimacy, of forgiveness and trying again. Opening your soul to love is the bravest thing you'll ever do. For the next couple of weeks, I want to work through the book of Song of Songs. Song of Songs is a book in the Bible that is an allegory of love. It's written by King Solomon, who is known as the wisest man who ever lived. And he wrote thousands of songs, but this song is known as the Song of Songs. So we can assume that if the wisest man who ever lived and wrote many, many songs, but called this the song of all of his songs, we can assume that there's some great poetry and also some great wisdom in it. And the song, as I said, is an allegory of love, love between a groom and a bride, but also love between Jesus and us, his church. We're going to start right in the very first verse, well, the second verse actually, and it says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. 
for your love is more delicious than the finest wine. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. The dance of intimacy begins with two simple words, let him. Would you dare? I don't know what your religious background is or what you've been told about this book of romance and intimacy, but I do know that the dance only begins when you take his hand and you let him lead. I often refer to a ballroom dancing couple when they dance. The leader, the groom, his role is to put his hand on the small of the bride's back, the the dancer that he's leading. And as he puts his hand on the small of the dancer's back, every time that he leads her by loosening his hand or tightening his hand, and all she has to do is to push into his hand, to push into his touch. And she is led backwards. She can't see where she's going. She's unable to see if there's another couple on the dance floor or where the room's going to end and they're going to need to take a corner. But all she has to do to be led is to press into his hand. And it's something like that. The love of God has been boxed into many a box of propriety and cultural acceptability over the decades of theological ebbs and flows. I wonder if you will allow this book to show you a new way. What if the love of God is more passionate, more powerful, more reckless and intoxicating than you ever imagined? What if he is knocking at every window and door of your carefully constructed mind to see if he can burst in and let you experience him for yourself. It all begins with yielding. Let him. It's throughout this book, you'll see as we go on the journey that it's a journey of ever increasing levels of surrender. But right in the beginning, we just start with a willingness to be led. Let him. Will you trust him? I don't know if you've ever played the trust game where somebody has stood behind you and you've had to fall backwards with your eyes closed into their hands and trust them to catch you. Or alternatively, if somebody has said to you, close your eyes or blindfolded you and led you walking and you've had to trust them to tell you when there's a step or when the, where there's a person in front of you that you would have to yield to them being led. This is the story and this is what it's telling us to do. Will you let him? Will you allow allow him to lead us. And it's not easy because we all have trust issues. To one degree or another, we have all been victims in our lives. We've been victims of being hurt by people that have loved us, people that have abandoned us. And so we've developed personality strategies in order to engage with the world. The word persona for personality is the word for a mask. It's something that we put up between us and the world. In engineering terms or computer terms, it would be an interface. How we allow the world to engage with what's going on inside of our hearts and inside of our souls. And that's why I say opening your soul to love is the bravest thing you'll ever do. But this book, this very first verse, gives us a key because this word kisses, this word kiss is a word play. This is obviously poetry as the song uh, comes out to us. And throughout this poem is word plays and different figures of speech that help us to understand. And God always does this in the Bible. When he's communicating his thinking, he just speaks in prose. But when he's communicating his emotions, he speaks in poetry. And this is very much one of those times. 
And so this word kisses actually is the word nashak, which means to equip or to arm for battle. So it's the same word to kiss or to arm. His kisses are the ones that arm us for this journey. I don't know if you've ever read Lord of the Rings or another epic adventure like this, an epic adventure that's in that case of Lord of the Rings, it's undertaken by ordinary hobbits, ordinary creatures without great skills or great powers. And that's something of the love adventure. It's a a huge adventure. It's an epic adventure. And yet it's taken by simple people like you and me. And yet we can be equipped for it with his kisses by letting him engage with us. This spirit kiss, if we read the same verse in a different translation, it says, let him smother me with kisses, his spirit kiss divine. And this spirit kisses, like that kiss of life, kisses kisses of his mouth would remind us of that moment when he created humanity, when he created the very first person, Adam, and he put his mouth to Adam's mouth and breathed into him, that his kisses breathe into us with life. And then another word play, because obviously it's full of word plays, is that the word for kisses and the word for take a drink of wine is almost the same. And so obviously in poetry, we often use those kind of techniques or let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Your love is more delicious than the finest wine. It's explaining to us that his love, his kisses intoxicate us in the same way that wine would intoxicate us. I'm sure you've heard of or perhaps even experienced Dutch courage where you've had a bit to drink and all of a sudden you're full of courage to stand up on the table and dance or sing karaoke or do something. And I think in the same way as we yield to his kisses, his kisses that equip us, they also give us courage. They give us courage because they intoxicate us and they allow us to walk into this adventure of love and intimacy. As we strip off our masks, as we strip off our personas and go forward into this journey. We see as the scripture carries on that she leans into this, as the dancer would lean into the one who's leading her, as she leans into this, it carries on to say that she finds it pleasant. She said, your presence releases a fragrance so pleasing over and over poured out. And then she says, draw me into your heart. She invites him to keep inviting her and commits to say, we will run away together into the king's chamber. This word here, chamber, is actually the room in the rooms, the chamber in the chambers. And that it reminds us, uh, those of you who know the Old Testament and know the temple, that the room within the room would be the Holy of Holies, that place where God's presence is and, and was on earth, where heaven and earth are united in the Holy of Holies, that she says to him, draw me into your heart. I want to go there. You may be listening to this and be very comfortable with walking into God's presence, and that is amazing, and I look forward to taking this journey with you. You may also be listening to this and thinking, I'm not sure I'm, I'm invited into the Holy of Holies. I would love to be loved by God. Maybe it's a little bit of a, even irreligious to you to read that kissing with the kisses of his mouth would be referring to you and Jesus. And yet you're open to the idea of taking this journey. I think that you will find yourself in a similar place to where this bride finds herself. That just a few verses down, she admits that she is so unworthy and she's not sure if she can go into that place with him and how is she going to 
press into a love relationship. And every love relationship has that moment where we're not sure if we're worthy of the other's love. So we are going to be speaking about that next week. How are we able to step in and accept our worth and accept him leading us into it? But for right now, we're just going to leave with really one point. And that point is let him. Let him. Will you believe him for the idea that perhaps his love is more reckless, more intoxicating, more passionate, more powerful, more beautiful than you've ever imagined? Maybe. What if? What if he wants to love you and embrace you in a way that is new for you, in a way that is deeper than anything that you've ever known? Would you start this week by just just meditating on those two words, let him. Will I let him? Will I yield? Will I push the small of my back into his hand, so to speak? Will I hold his hand as he leads me blind, to use that example of the trust games that you can play? Will I accept that this is an epic adventure? It's going to be scary, probably, as we go through stages of intimacy. But today, can we leave with simply the idea of whether or not we will let him? Will we decide whether or not to let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Thank you for joining me on Love Life with Jax, where we learn to live into our created purpose of receiving and giving the love of God. This podcast is my way of sharing the love of God with others, so I'd love it if you shared this with your world. Make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes or on the Podbean app. And while we're spreading the love, maybe you can even write a review for me on iTunes. Proverbs says, wisdom is a deep well of understanding open up within you as a fountain of life for others. My hope and prayer is that today you found something here to refresh your soul. Thank you for listening to Love Life with Jax and until next time, live a life of love.